Christmas and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Uh, it's a wrapping, wrapping up a week, that is, with some higher numbers. Nice to see on both the corn and the, the soybeans. And we'll look at what's been happening on the livestock side as well. A quick shout out and thank you to Clay Patton. I've been on vacation as my son is home on leave from the Army. But... I came in today to talk to Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment. She is out of Clarion, Iowa. And first of all, Merry Christmas to you and Gary as well, Sue. Well, thank you, and Merry Christmas to you and your family and all your listeners. Let's look at these markets. As we head into this Christmas holiday, nice to see some green on the screen to wrap up the week. Is. Um, the bean market continues to be quite strong. I think the public is getting more enamored with soybeans and starting to realize you know, we're starting to divert it away from Argentina for soy meal and possibly soy oil. So that's creating our crush to remain strong. 20 vessels sitting out uh, waiting at uh, Argentine ports, especially Rosario, uh, to load. And, of course, because of the uh, port worker strike, you know, they're just not getting much done. And there haven't been any trucks moving into Rosario hauling beans in. And, of course, farmers are holding on to their beans because it's kind of like a hedge against inflation. And the prices have been moving higher. So um, that, too, has created the crush in Argentina to be reduced. Now, Argentina is the world's largest soy and soy oil and uh, soy meal exporters so that's why it's got so much importance and so the beans are getting uh, support from bean oil and also from the soy meal futures so you know some days it's just one of them and a lot of days it's both of them and that's putting support under our bean market so it keeps pushing and we've taken out some resistance there's a gap on the charts from about 1284 to uh, 1314 and three quarters and so nearly 31 cent gap and i think the market's headed for that so it wouldn't surprise me if the market goes and tries to fill that i was surprised though in a way because there's that old saying up monday up tuesday up every day of the week except one and we had that going again this week like we did last week but the market just i think there's so much enthusiasm People are hoping for a break that they keep trying to buy as the market tries to set back. So it's just not doing much. Are we going to see, I know that the La Nina is helping out with this dry pattern in South America. How much pressure is that going to continue to put on our bean market, knowing that we've got some struggles down there and it's going to affect demand? Well, we need, because the rest of the world's demand is so strong, and Brazil's demand is very strong. Their um, corn prices at 1036, you know, that's huge, and that's new all-time highs for them. And that's following harvest. But it tells you, you know, their crop probably just isn't that great. Their hog herd um, in the first half, if not the first quarter of 2021 is, according to them, supposed to be back to normal as far as what they were before they had African swine fever. So that's creating good demand. But we're also questioning as to just how good the corn crop was, just how good their wheat is, and what is their rice like. They're having auctions of wheat and pretty much every week, and they're selling maybe, if they're lucky, 16%, but it's not very much. Um, and that tells us that chances are their wheat just isn't in good um, you know, quality. And we're also seeing them 
Costco International Grain, you know, a year ago, they were taking beans, all the bean deliveries, pretty much. Well, now they're taking wheat deliveries, Chicago wheat, and um, pretty much 100%. And so that's uh, telling us we've, it's very out of character for them, and we've not seen that before. So um, I think, again, it's another sign. Now, we, in January, we'll have rice deliveries, and I'm going to be curious to see if we see Kafka International Grain taking U.S. rice, I'm going to think, oh, my goodness. But we'll see. Um, I think these are underpinnings, bullish underpinnings. We have another year of China to be in our market anyway. Food inflation is quite strong. It's also very strong in Russia. You know, Russian uh, pasta prices are flying through the roof. And um, they're trying to take endeavors to slow down the exports and by putting in uh, export tariffs or duties. And they're also doing the same thing on soybeans as of February 1. They're not a big exporter of soybeans, but they are still part of the world picture. And it just tells you everything keeps pulling at these markets. And so I think wheat's a market that's going to start to make uh, more enthusiasm. And I certainly think corn is, too. Well, this is definitely 2020, and it's been a year of of craziness within the markets. Why not have something, you know, like weather and, and food shortages and, and worries just to add to what we've seen this year? Oh, heavens, you got that right. So what are we going to see as we kind of finish up this week, or in this coming week, that is, on the grain markets? What are some things that we maybe need to keep in perspective? I think we're going to close the year out very strong and possibly at our highs. Um, you know, if we get a down day, that'll probably be all we get. You know, in an old bean market, bull bean market, the rule is you buy the first day's break or the first day and a half uh, correction. And I think we'll see that. Um, beans don't tend to spend a lot of time between $12 and 13 And um, I also think that on corn, um, you know, we're at the 450 barrier, but I think the market's going to try to push uh, the high last year for a, a, a lead contract was 464 and a half. And so I think the market's trying to make its efforts to push. Now, corn isn't pushing. It's been a methodical little push, 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 and you get a break and it's like a, a real quick snap and then the market comes right back. Um, but I think that uh, corn's been more of a slower pace being used for spreading and what have you, but it's because the stocks didn't decline in the December report. Folks, we've got a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we are looking at what's going on in the trade, we were kind of talking about uh, wrapping up 2020 with Sue Martin. Again, she is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. During the commercial break, Sue, you, you brought up an interesting point as we look at maybe how countries are kind of looking at their grain process and the need to go back to having reserves again. Yes, I think that, um, you know, we've looked at China and we're seeing, first off, they had uh, pretty much uh, got rid of the corn reserves that they had had, and it wasn't there. And then they go through the weather issues they had this year, and plus with COVID, all of a sudden, the demand is so aggressive, and they need everything. And then they've expanded their poultry industry, they've ex- or flocks. They've also expanded, are going to expand their uh, hog herd. It'll be... Um, maybe back to normal plus 
And so that spells need for corn, um, sorghum, and, uh, of course, possibly uh, feed wheat, but also um, soy meal. And they like to crush their own beans, preferably. But the rest of the world is looking at issues, too. And, and of course, Russia's got some issues with um, their high-priced uh, wheat and pasta uh, flying through the roof. And they're concerned as well. And I think they're realizing that China could clean the, the grocery sh- uh, store shelves off around the country, around the world. And so um, I think, you know, back in the 90s, we went from having reserves to just-in-time inventorying because supplies seemed to be so good, production was growing, all of that. But now I think the world is realizing they need to have reserves. They're, you know, hungry people fight. And you've had protests around the world because of COVID and being confined and what have you. You know, India had protests here just recently and it was the number of people that were protesting was about the size of the U.S. population. I mean, that's mind-boggling. So I think we're heading towards that uh, having supplies on hand to take care of, uh, you know, the needs as they come. And that will, for a while, have us in very good demand markets. And then once we reach that level, then it'll be you know, back to the production. So it puts more emphasis on Brazilian and Argentine weather, and it's going to put emphasis on our weather, too, when we get into spring. And we know that that market-related weather can definitely have a huge influence before those planters even get in the field. Oh, heavens, yes. I mean, we're going to have a, right now, the price between new crop beans and new crop corn isn't um, wide enough to entice the farmer to you know, to add bean acres. But we may see that acreage. I think this is a year we will see that acreage fight. Um, You know, farmers in the U.S. are about 80% sold on new crop or on U.S. beans from this last harvest. And then you look at Brazil and, gosh, December 2nd, I think I heard they were like 66% sold. So, you know, and that's a crop that's still being planted in some areas. So I think... Um, that's a lot of beans in commercials' hands. And now you've got this stimulus package coming out to farmers, $13 billion. You know, that's going to help them just be able to put that corn in the bin and leave it there unless something really, really entices them. And I think that's going to end up being a five in front of corn. That was going to be my next question. You know, all this talk about what's been going on in Washington. How do you see this stimulus package affecting both the grain and the livestock as we get into 2021? Well, I think, first off, putting money into um, the um, common citizen, the American citizen, they need to buy food. And there's people out there that have been unemployed and, you know, don't work from home but are unemployed, and they do need to be able to get groceries. And, you know, so these stimulus packages help. You know, I mean, you can be on unemployment for only so long. And so it can help those people, but I think what it's going to do is it's going to put an underpinning of demand back into this market, which we've seen it kind of ebb and flow anyway this last, you know, summer. I think that um, people remember now, people bought freezers, so they have them. They can fill them up. Uh, Pork is dirt cheap. Pork is very cheap. Beef, I think as we go forward, it's going to get more expensive in 2021. I think the last half of the year is going to be very 
uh, nice markets for the cattle producer. And I look at the um, uh, cold storage. You know, everything's in the fresh market right now. Cold storage in the U.S. on pork is down substantially in a lot of cuts. Lots of things to think about as we uh, head towards the rest of this holiday of 2020. Uh, Sue, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Again, Sue Martin's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That has been the Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com. Wherever you subscribe, make sure you follow along, and you can listen to it on Spotify as well. Merry Christmas from all of us. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.